The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I am your host, Joe Luca, from the Luca and Murano team at Remax Preferred. I want to thank you for tuning in on Facebook or on WNRI.com or even on Terrestrial Radio. A little about me. I work at a company called Remax Preferred. We have offices in North Providence. We're also in Smithfield and Cumberland. And uh, my partner and I, Don Morano, we are licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And we work with buyers and sellers of residential and commercial real estate. I want to do a quick public service announcement provided to me. The information was provided to me by Mike DeBrice. Uh, we have this Saturday, October 30th, from 8 to 12 p.m., there is an Eco Depot Collection Day right here in the great city of Woonsocket. It is free for all Rhode Island residents. So wherever you are in the state of Rhode Island, you can bring your uh, materials, household hazardous waste, electronics. There's document shredding. Uh, you can bring this. Saturday, October 30th, 8 to 12 p.m. At the, to the uh, Woonsocket Public Services uh, at 1117 River Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. The document shredding is for city residents only. But everything else you have, if it's uh, oils, if it's um, antifreeze, any hazardous waste paints, uh, old things like that, you can bring it to the Eco Depot it's a collection day. It's free for all Rhode Island residents this Saturday, October 30th, 8 to 12 p.m. Thank you, Mike DeBrice, for providing me with that, uh, that announcement information. So, folks, this is a show for you, the consumer, and we talk about all things real estate, primarily residential real estate. But we do occasionally venture into the commercial uh, real estate world. Okay. Uh, you know, if you've been listening to the show or have not had your head in the sand, you know that the, re the um, real estate market has been, shall we say, hectic the past year and a half or so. Uh, in particular, this past spring, May and June, it was crazy. I, you know, I tell people it was like buyers were coming into houses with their hair on fire and as if they were going to be homeless tomorrow. And that's how they were trying to get into houses that were listed for sale and how they were submitting offers. Where we are today, there's more inventory. So Economics 101, as there's more uh, supply and consistent demand, prices uh, may not be as accelerating as quickly. And it's easier to buy things. 
just for a little bit of perspective, back in May, we would have about 45 to 50 houses be, uh, getting listed for sale every day. And now it's 95 to 100 houses per day. Sometimes it'll dip down to 89 or 90. But almost double uh, the number of houses that are getting listed for, for sale every day. And the number of houses listed for sale is almost double as well. Total listings on MLS. So what that means is people are still buying houses. Prices are still holding. But they are not going off the market as quickly. They are not, uh, you know, we're not getting 5, 10, 15 offers per house. I heard one instance that someone received 40 offers. Um, those are clearly the exception. And many times people were overpaying for houses. Now, I've heard um, folks who think they know a lot about real estate say that that means we're going to have another crash because people were overpaying for real estate. Well, folks, one out of four homes purchased is cash. So if I have cash and I want to overpay for a house, I am exposing no one else to risk of, towards to, towards risk, except for myself. So, if I want to pay six hundred thousand dollars for a five hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, I can. If the market crashes, the only person that's hurt is me, and that and that's only if I sell the house. I will, would have to sell it for less than I paid for it if I sold it when the market were at a lower point. However, when you're financing a house. You could be exposing the bank to risk if the market dipped. So one out of four houses are purchased cash. Probably, that's a fact, that number. Probably another one out of four houses are purchased with a lot, a, a significant down payment. By significant, I mean more than 10%. Could be 15, 20, 25, 30, 40% down a good number of, of uh, ducats, a good, you know, good price. What happens then is, in my example, if you have a $550,000 house and I'm putting 25% down and the house appraised is worth 5% less than I'm paying, well, the bank is only going to loan so much on that house. So a portion of my deposit would have to be exposed because I'd be putting down more than the bank would loan. So let's say... I'm paying $550,000 for the house. Let's say the bank thinks it's worth $500,000. They're only going to loan, let's say it's a conventional mortgage, 80%. So 80% of $500,000 is $400,000. So that means I would have to put down at least $100,000. If I were paying anything over that $500,000 purchase price, uh, excuse me, um, appraisal number, that will be coming out of my pocket because the bank is only going to loan 800, excuse me, 400000 for the house. So again, we have a house, it appraises for 500000 I entered into a contract to pay 550000 The bank is like, hey, we're only going to write a mortgage for 400000 So Joe, if you want to buy the house, you have to pay, you have to uh, have a $150,000 down payment if that's the number you're going to pay. If the value of that house goes from what I'm paying, $550,000, down to $500,000, the bank still hasn't lost any money. And that's a significant drop in price. 
So one out of four houses are purchased cash. Probably another one out of four houses, this is in my estimation based on my business experience, another one out of four houses is purchased with a large deposit. So 50% of all home purchases are either cash or big deposits. The rest of the houses are being purchased with either a no money down loan like a USDA or a VA or an FHA mortgage, which has three and a half percent down or some other type of a loan that has a lowered down payment. The banks are only going to loan what the property is appraised for. So if I want to pay three hundred, excuse me, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that house, I'm only putting down three and a half percent and the house appraises. For 500000 the bank is not going to write the mortgage. They're not going to allow the purchase if I can't put more cash down. They are not going to be exposed if the market declines. Because in this case, the, the deal wouldn't go through if I didn't have more money to put down. So we are not setting ourselves up for another market correction, dreaded air quotes right there, um, because... The lending criteria are much more stringent now than they were 15 years ago before the crash. Borrowers need to demonstrate, need to demonstrate by showing documentation that they earn the money necessary to repay the mortgage. (laughs) Borrowers cannot get a loan by just saying, I make $300,000 a year. Yes, I do. Fingers crossed. No, they need to demonstrate it. Back in the day, there were were all these no-doc loans, no-documentation loans. And that's that's all you needed, just to say how much you made, and then the bank would give you a loan. Okay? That's not the situation now. So, when it... It's unlikely that we are going to have a market correction strictly as a result of market forces. Okay, I think if there is going to be a market correction, and that would be where prices decline, um, it would be from some exterior force, something that has nothing to do with the economics of the real estate market. Some international geopolitical calamity or something. The United States defaults on its debt. Things like that, that could probably adversely impact the value of homes. If you look at history as a guide, it's unlikely that the United States is going to default on its debts. Okay. Everything else, you know, five years ago, everybody thought that North Korea was going to be shooting missiles at us. They haven't done it. You know, so I tend to think that we will not be involved in some geopolitical calamity. But I think that would be the only thing that would really take the wind out of the sails of this real estate market because the fundamentals are there the number of people who are buying homes is greater than the homes that are available for sale and it's probably going to continue to be that way because we have not we have been underbuilding okay building too few new homes for over a decade so we're at a deficit and this is not just Rhode Island and Massachusetts this is nationwide The number of buyers 
is going to remain consistent because all you have to do is most people buy homes from between the ages of 30 to 35 years old. That's when most people buy their first home. If you look at the birth rate 30 to 35 years ago, it was pretty consistent. So it's not like we're going to have a big drop-off in the number of people buying homes. So that's my little lesson about the real estate market and why I think it's going to remain strong. That's based on my personal um, understanding of the real estate market, having been in, in the industry for over 20 years. It's based on my understanding of economics. I minored in economics in college. It's also based on what I read from smart people like Dr. Lawrence Yun at the National Association of Realtors. Now, as I said, the intensity of buyers has relented a little bit. So they're not buying with the great intensity that they were before. So folks aren't worried about how much they have to overpay because if they don't get this house, there will be another house for them. They have that confidence in the market. But where we are experiencing some problems right now is on the rental side. Okay. Um, the rental market is really heating up, uh, which is putting added pressure on people trying to save for their first home. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, Don Morano and I listed a condominium for rent last Friday. And it's a two-bedroom condominium. Now, it's a big condominium. It has a single, a one-car garage. And the rent is $2,200 a month. Believe it or not, folks, that is not a lot of money. Because there are houses for rent on MLS that are three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 per month. Okay? $1,500 a month for a condominium is actually, it would, if you can find it, would be a bargain. All right. So what does that mean? Well, at $2,200 a month, you, you can, with interest rates where they are, you can own a lot of house for that monthly payment. So if you're paying $2,200 a month in rent, hopefully it's not so much that you can't save anything because you're going to need to save some money for at least closing costs when you go to buy a home. You know, there are programs out there with, you know, no money down mortgages and there are some programs out there to help folks with closing costs. But usually it's a pretty good idea if you're going to buy a home, you should have some money in the bank. You're going to pay for moving. There may be other incidentals, things that pop up. You know, invariably you buy a house, you move in and the dishwasher breaks. Or something starts leaking or something wears out within the first six months after you move in. Okay. So it's a good idea to try and save some money. So as I said earlier, with rents going up as they are, is this going to create a problem for people being able to save enough money for their down payment? And, you know, the, the condominium that we listed for rent last week... I think we had a half a dozen people that wanted to see it, and they all fell in love with it, and they really wanted it, okay? So, rents are increasing, and they're probably going to be increasing even more. Reason being, it's twofold. One, uh, the job market is improving. Despite a disappointing August the, uh, employment report, 85% of the 21 million jobs slashed during the first month of the pandemic lockdown have been recovered. 
Job openings have reached an all-time high of 10 million, and those who might have been sleeping in the basement of their parents' house are now emerging and coming out and looking for places to live. A second reason for the strong rental demand is that many potential first-time buyers are priced out. So the house that they need or they want, they can't afford. The median existing home sales price was up 25% year over year in June. Now, these, this, these are national statistics. This is partly because high-end sales are up, like the more expensive homes. The sales of those units are also elevated. All right, the, uh, there's something called the Case-Shiller uh, index, constant quality home price index was up over 18% by the same period, which is similar to what we experienced here in the southern New England area. All right. This has been a boom for owners, but it's causing serious anxiety for non-owners. Cites Dr. Yun. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, even having near record low interest rates right now, it can't help all of these folks afford a home. As a matter of fact, you know, a couple of the folks that are looking to rent this condominium, um, they just they couldn't get the house that they needed on what they could afford. So they need to pay down some other debts uh, and then try a year from now after their lease is up. Okay. So that's some of the... Um, the business side of what's going on. The housing market is still strong, but it's moderating from where we were. You know, the intensity is relenting, as I have been telling my clients. Um, but the rental market, you know, there's a rental shortage. There's, there's an affordable housing shortage on the rental and the purchase side. Why is that? Well, one of the reasons, as I said earlier, is we haven't been building enough homes. Why haven't we been building enough homes? Well, you know, Rhode Island, just a quick example, is the smallest state in the country, but we have some of the largest minimum lot size requirements. There are some communities in Rhode Island where you cannot build a house in anything less than two acres. All right. An acre is 43,550 square feet. So it's roughly 100 by 400 lot. And in some communities, it's double that. So that would be 200, foot, 200 feet of frontage and 800 feet of depth. That's a big lot. It's very difficult for a builder to buy enough land to build enough houses, build them. And, of course, building a house on all of that land can be more expensive. You need a lot, more, a lot longer driveway than if you're on a 10,000-square-foot lot or a 5,000-square-foot lot. If there are sewers, you've got sewer lines that are going all the way out to the street. Oh, wait, they don't have sewers. Then you've got to put a septic system in. Electric, more expensive to get electrical service to the property when it's such a big lot. These are, and if it's going to be such a big lot, you don't want to put a, a 1,500, 1,800 square foot ranch on there. You want to put a big house on there because your acquisition costs for the land were higher. So you're going to put a bigger house so you can recoup some of the money you spent on the land. Because, folks, believe it or not, when you buy, when a builder buys land, they can't start building homes as soon as they own the land. They have to get approvals. They have to hire engineers and architects to do designs. And these can cost five, tens of thousands of dollars. 
that money goes out the door right away. So you buy the land, spend the money on the engineering, on the architects, and then you have to pay lawyers to get the approvals from the town or the municipality. So many times, if a builder is building several houses, they could be out of pocket hundreds of thousands of dollars for one, two years before they get anything done. And then they can start spending money with building the house. Shovels in the ground, you know, getting the bulldozers there, the backhoes, paying the contractors. Then they have to buy materials. Materials cost is up. I think it's still, lumber is still up 50% from prior to the pandemic. And prices are going up, expected to go up even higher. There are some houses that are, construction has stopped because materials are unavailable. So those are more expenses that the builder has to shoulder. Because many times they borrow money to build the houses. So if they borrow a million dollars to build all these houses and then everything stops because they can't get the materials to finish the houses, they're still paying interest on that loan. That adds up quickly. (laughs) Okay. So these are the things that can contribute to the affordable housing shortage that we're experiencing in this country, in this state, and in southern New England at large. What should we do? You know, why why is it that municipalities want minimum lot sizes? Well, you know, they want people to move into their towns, but they don't want to have lots of kids. So if they have smaller lots, they can have more there will be more houses that will have more kids, which means they have to build bigger schools. Schools cost money to build and run. If you have a minimum lot size, and you build a four-bedroom house on it, okay, maybe there could be eight kids there. But if that two-acre lot minimum was only 5,000 square feet, or let's say 10,000 square feet, you could have four houses on that same lot. Let's say you only put three bedrooms in each. Then you could have six kids per house, so that's 24 kids instead of eight kids. Do the math. It could get very expensive very quickly, for municipalities that all of a sudden have to double or triple the size of their schools to accommodate all of these new residents. Okay, so that's one of the main reasons why there are minimum lot sizes. It's not so much that, you know, municipalities want to keep a certain character in the town. That's part of it. But I think a bigger part of it is they don't want to have to build more schools because that's big money. Okay. So if you are wondering why we have an affordable housing shortage, that's one reason. And the same thing applies for rental housing. You know, we need to be able to build more rental housing more quickly. And a great way to leverage the amount of land that we have is to allow properties to be built taller. Okay, why is it that tenement houses, multifamily houses are only three stories? Why can't they be four stories or five stories? You can Then you could have more apartments there. Then landlords could charge a lower rent. All right, affordable housing is a major problem in this country. I see it. 
in my job, you know, and on the rental side where you'll, you see apartments that are $1,500 a month and you'll see several people living there, people sleeping on the couches and the living room, a couple sets of bunk beds in each bedroom for, the, you know, for numerous kids to live. That's the only way they can afford to pay the rent. That's unfortunate. We need to do something about the affordable, the shortage of affordable housing. So if you have any thoughts or feel passionately about it, reach out to your, or if you live, to your politicians and ask them, what can we do to address this and see what they have to say? Okay, because I know that a lot of my colleagues at the Rhode Island Association of Realtors have certainly expressed their concern about the affordable housing shortage, okay? Folks, you're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on the NRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM. You can catch us around the world at WNRI.com. You just have to click the Listen Now button. Uh, we're also available on Facebook Live. Um, and we're here every week, Tuesdays. I want to thank our sponsors, Beacon Title and Escrow, Anthony Betancourt, Managing Partner, Rich Nicholson, Attorney Partner. They receive all of our business for buyers and sellers because they do such a great job taking care of our clients. You know, we had um, a transaction that was delayed because of a, um, a mix-up, we'll say a snafu, by uh, the lender. We had the seller, we had the listing, and it, the, it was put off by a week because of a mix-up, a mistake by the lender, by the buyer's lender. So, we didn't feel that our client should have to have more property taxes taken out of their purchase, out of the proceeds from the sale, because they didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. So Anthony Betancourt sent a letter off to the lender saying, listen, we feel that this money should come out of your pocket, Mr. Lender, because you made the mistake and not out of our clients. Now, was it a lot of money? No. But this is the type of care, consideration, attention that Beacon Title and Escrow provides to all of our clients. They pay attention to the transaction. They think about our clients and they value our clients like we do, like Don Morano and myself do at Luca and Morano team. And that's what all of our vendor partners do. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, same thing. If they can't save you money on a refinance, they won't do it. Okay, they after the sale, okay, it's closed a year later, six months later, whenever their you know our clients' birthdays come up, boom, they wished everybody they wished them a happy birthday. They're very thorough like that. GMET's moving in storage, best movers around. Uh, Dawn used them, Dawn Morano, my partner, she bought a house, she moved, she hired GMET's moving in storage. My parents moved not once but twice into Rhode Island and then to another location in Rhode Island. GMET's moving in storage. They do a fantastic job. 401-383-6399. That's the number. They can even move your belongings from, let's say, something's in a storage unit. You want to move it back to the house. GMET's moving in storage. 383-6399 in the 401 area code. Give them a call. Mention the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. You need to move stuff so you can have work done in the house? GMET's moving in storage, 401-383-6399. They will take care of you. And John Dolbeck, you know, and the Dolbeck team, 401-321-4401. If you have any questions about qualifying for a mortgage, whether it's worth refinancing, 
give them a call, 401-321-4401, and they will hook you up. They'll take care of you uh, just as if it were their own family members because that's how they take care of everything. You know, John, I've said this before, he is a, uh, a veteran, a Navy veteran. He uh, worked on a submarine, so he knows what it's like to operate under pressure, literally and figuratively. Okay, when you're in a submarine, you're under several atmospheres of pressure. So um, he knows how to, how to handle that. And he's very good at saving transactions, keeping things on track. And that's why I encourage everyone, whether you're our client or not, to use a local lender because they care, they pay attention. They cross the T's, they dot the I's, and they don't miss little things. They educate the borrower. Okay? You do not want... We had a client that had a Nash, a lender from out of state. The lender did not educate them about not opening new lines of credit. Not running those lines of credit up to the maximum. The client did it. Almost lost the loan. We had to basically get everything redone, start over, get a little bit of extent of an extension from the seller, and we got the deal done. Okay. This is why it makes a lot of sense to work with people who you to whom you are referred by your realtor. You know, the Luca Murano team, we have some vendor partners that we are very confident in and we place a lot of trust in because we send them all of our clients. And I know if there's a problem, they will solve it. Because that's what we do. The ultimate goal is to get parties to the closing table. As long as everyone stays focused on that, we can get it done. Okay. I want to uh, actually do a quick shout out because I had a, a client whose uh, mom wanted to buy a house. We started looking at houses last Saturday. Or this past Saturday. And uh, first two houses, we put an offer in on the second one. And yours truly was able to um, get the offer accepted on the first try. Because I put together a nice, clean offer. <clears throat> and it had a, uh, the price and the terms were very attractive to the seller. How do I do that? How do I know that? Well, one of the things I do is when I'm, I do my research ahead of time on the property, I also talk to the listing agent while we're there, ask questions, and I listen. And then, of course, I know what my client, the buyer, wants to do. So I put the two together. Know what the seller's looking for, I know what the buyer's looking for, and I show how it's a good match. And those, that's how I approach terms and the price to get it accepted. So I'm very happy that we were able to get our first offer accepted on the second house we looked at. So that's great because that makes up for all the houses, you know, all the buyers where you have to look at 60, 70 houses sometimes before you get an offer accepted. Now look at 60 to 70 houses online and in person and put in several offers. That's, that's cynic. That was an extreme example, but that does happen, okay? So if you have any questions about buying a house, what your house is worth, uh, reach out, 401-232-4300. You can text us at that number as well, 401-232-4300. 
and we'll answer any questions you have. So, you know, um, a former client and a buddy of mine, he was saying uh, a friend of his inherited a house and, uh, you know, a sibling is looking to get half of the value of the house, which may or may not be, val- uh, you know, a legitimate request. Um, but half of what? What is the house worth? Okay. Um, a lot of times people think properties are worth more than they are. And distressed sales sometimes, uh, usually a distress, a distressed sale. A distressed sale is either a short sale, a foreclosure slash bank owned property, an estate sale, or a divorce. Distressed because many times these homes are in situ are in a condition in which they're they have not been maintained adequately. They're a little run down, a little rough around the edges, and. Therefore, the value is not there. So, if it would, if it were in great shape, and it would, it would have been worth five hundred twenty-five thousand. But the rugs are all worn out. The cabinets are all scratched. There are holes in the walls. <coughs> Excuse me. And there's a lot of problems in the basement. Maybe it's only a four hundred seventy-five thousand dollar house, or if it's you know was a four twenty would be a four twenty-five. Maybe it's only three seventy-five. Okay. So. It's important when you're trying to determine what the value of a house is that you work with someone who's experienced and knowledgeable and knows how to market properties. Okay, because, of course, you know, you don't necessarily want to highlight all of the shortcomings of a house. You want to highlight the highlights of of the house, the attributes. It's great location, a level lot. Solid construction. Okay. And of course, at the Luca and Murano team, we utilize all social, social media avenues to market these houses. We also try to leverage this platform, the home, actually, the, the, yeah, the home of Joe Luca Real Estate Show, right here at WNRI 99.9. Uh, one of the listings that we are very proud to have, and we are aggressively looking for buyers is 240 Emerson Road in the Harrisville section of Burrowville, Rhode Island. You know, this is a great house because it's in a rural neighborhood, has a nice level lot, beautiful garage. If you listen, if you fix cars at home or you're a landscaper or you own your own service business, you could probably park 20 cars in this driveway. You've got an oversized garage, so you could work on your vehicles in there or store stuff in there. And you have a loft where you could have a craft room or an office. All right. And it's under 400000 bucks, Folks, the median price of a home in Rhode Island is three ninety-five. Okay. This is just about a half acre of land. Three-bedroom house. Raised ranch. Nicely appointed. Hardwood floors. Stainless steel appliances, nice eat-in kitchen, under 400000 bucks. Okay. So give us a call if you're interested, you have any questions. It's 240 Emerson Road in Burrowville, Rhode Island, 401-232-4300. That's our number at the Luca and Murano team. And we'd be more than happy to send you the listing information or to meet you out there for a private tour. Okay. So I want to talk... About something, I was listening to Larry's, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, Larry Poitras' show on the way in, 
And people were talking about schools and whether, you know, there should be a new school or, you know, with regard to the high school, etc. Well, one of the great things about the city of Woonsocket is we have a new middle school. Okay, that's very significant. Great development, great structure. Um, houses all the middle school kids in the city. The city of East, excuse me, the town of East Providence just completed their new high school. And I don't recall how much they spent. But, you know, this high school that they had was very undersized and it was functionally obsolete in many instances. So they needed to do something. You know, they were almost having double sessions. They had so many kids in that school. Our high school here in Woonsocket, you know, it's old if you are a uh, perhaps a millennial or Generation Z, um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not old because in the city of Providence, many of their high schools are a hundred years old. Okay, you know I know schools like LaSalle Academy and Mount Saint Charles Academy; those schools are definitely over a hundred years old. So it's very difficult to, and can be expensive when you're working with those old schools. But if, you're, if they're maintained properly and you ha- they have the resources to continually address issues that arise so there aren't deferred maintenance issues, it can be done. You know, I, I lived in Europe, I lived in Italy, and they had no problem working with buildings that were 500 years old, literally. You know, there were buildings, I lived in Florence, there were buildings in Florence that Dante Alighieri and Michelangelo was in, were in. So when we have buildings here that are 100 years old, yeah, if they're, if they're maintained properly, that's the key point. And unfortunately, many of the properties, uh, many of the schools in Providence that are that old have not been maintained properly. So now it's a big expense to address deferred maintenance issues, to update outdated systems. It can be a problem. What we have here in Woonsocket with our high school, I don't think it's too small. And honestly, I haven't been, uh, I'm not the most knowledgeable person about that. But it's not that old. And I think it's in pretty darn good shape. And it's on a nice piece of dirt. I'm a realtor. I look at the land. Under everything is the land. Okay, that's a nice piece of land where the high school is. So, if people are looking for the city to build a new high school, um, I have complete faith in, in the people that run the city. But I, I don't think that that would be something that would uh, be high on the priority list for the city of Woonsocket because we have there are a lot of things that the city of Woonsocket has been doing. That's why um, I think it's one of the best run municipalities in the state. Bond ratings going up. Property taxes have been decreased. New schools. Businesses are moving into the city, expanding within the city. On the residential real estate side, it's one of the best values you can get. And the property taxes are lower than many other municipalities. And you get a lot of services for the taxes that you do pay. We have an abundance of parks 
great access to the highway system. So we've got a lot of good things going on in this city. And, you know, more people should be proud of what we have here. We have a lot of work to do, but these things take time. A lot of the issues that need to be addressed didn't uh, develop overnight. They, it took uh, decades and generations for things to get to where the condition or the position they're, they're in. So it's not going to get fixed right away. But, you know, I'm, I have to say, I live in Cumberland. I'm very, I'm very proud and happy with what's going on in Cumberland and likewise here in Woonsocket. I think we have some, some great leaders, the folks that uh, are running these municipalities are doing a good job. Is everyone perfect? No. You know, do I like everything that everyone, all of them do? No. But by and large, when you compare them to what's going on in some others and what's happened in the past, um, you know, I think we, we have some good leaders here who are doing a good job making tough decisions because that's the thing about being a leader is you have to make difficult decisions and not everyone is going to like the decision that you make and they're going to throw darts at you you know figuratively speaking and you have to be able to withstand that okay but you know I have to say we have a lot of I mean the police department here in Woonsocket I, I think is, uh, is great they do a fantastic job they have a lot of challenges, and uh, they do an awesome job. Okay. Folks, we are listening. You are listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM, WNRI.com, so you can listen to us anywhere in the world. WNRI.com, hit the live button. And we're talking about real estate. Okay, uh, we have some great sponsors of the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. 401-321-4401. 321-4401. Anthony Betancourt and Rich Nicholson, the owners of Beacon Title and Escrow. Send them all of our real estate buyers and sellers. All of our closings go there. Beacon Title and Escrow. And of course... Movers, GMET's moving in storage, 401-336-399-383-6399. GMET's moving in storage. Whether you need to move something from one end of the house to the other, take everything out of the house so you could get work done, move to a new home, move your office, GMET's moving in storage can do it, 401-383-6399. They will help you get what you need moved in a timely manner. Mention the Joe Luca Real Estate Show when you call any of our sponsors, please, so they know how you learned about them. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the needs of the Luca and Murano team right now because we have some listings that uh, we're waiting to get listed because uh, sell, prospective sellers need to find other houses to, to buy. Um, but we are looking for some listings in the northern Rhode Island area right now because we have some buyers who haven't been able to find what they need. So if you know anyone who's thinking about selling, whether it's now or in six months from now, uh, please let me know. 401-232-4300. That's our number because we have buyers who are pre-approved and looking to buy something. We have buyers looking in the Pawtucket area. Uh, looking for single-family and multifamily houses. Uh, if you have big properties, we have uh, commercial folks looking to buy those as well. Okay. Again, just give us a call, 401-232-4300. 
All right. Um, now I want to talk about something else. This is uh, you know, something I feel very passionate about. You know, I talked about affordable housing. That's something I feel very passionate about. Um, but I also feel very passionate about education. And I was talking to Larry before. Uh, as many of you know, Larry used to be the principal at Good Shepherd Catholic School, formerly St. Joseph's uh, School. And, you know, education is something that's very important. Because, one, as my godfather always told me, they can ne- no one can ever take away what you learn. Your knowledge is the one thing no one can ever take that away from you. So whatever you learn is yours. It can't be stolen. And it's important for kids to learn as much as they can to get the best education they can. And I get really annoyed when there are folks who make excuses for why students in a particular municipality may not be learning well. Why their grades are so much lower, their graduation rate is so much lower. You know, I, I, I don't think there, there's no excuse for that other than the educators. The educators need to get these kids, ed, kids educated. Why is it that black eighth grade students in all of the major metropolitan cities read below grade level? It's like 80% of all the 8th grade black students in major metropolitan cities read below their grade level. There's no excuse for that. There's no, you cannot say that someone is not doing well because, oh, because they're poor, because they're this race, that race. They, first, they just moved here from another country. Listen, those are all reasons why they need to be especially to give an extra consideration so they can learn more so they can be successful. If you move to this country and you don't speak the language and you're educated in your native tongue, how are you going to get a job? These folks are being relegated to low-paying jobs. They need to be educated so they can excel. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to go to college, but educating could be, mean going to a trade school. But one of the first things they need to do is they need the fundamentals. What you learn in grammar school. And that's why I started talking about Good Shepherd Catholic School. Because they do a great job educating kids. They have the calendars now that you can go there and you can support the school by a calendar. Five bucks. Just go to Good Shepherd Catholic School and you can buy your calendar. And then every day they're going to raffle something off. Maybe you'll win. Maybe you spend five bucks. Maybe you win a gift certificate to go to a restaurant or something else. And in the meantime, you're supporting a good cause. You know, I think if, because the number one deterrent for people sending their kids to a a Catholic school or a, a good private school is the tuition. So this is a great way to keep the tuition lower so it doesn't have to go up as much because if we could give free tuition to Catholic schools everybody would want to go there alright so do what you can buy a calendar it's only five bucks at Good Shepherd Catholic School because knowledge is the key to success in life 
And not that everybody has to go to college, not that everybody has to get an advanced degree. Your knowledge could be in plumbing. Your knowledge could be in auto repair. Your knowledge could be in a lot of more, um, quote-unquote, blue-collar areas. These folks are essential for our country, our society, to remain successful and viable. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. I can't say it enough. We have to educate our kids, give them a good education, because, you know, we're not just competing with kids in our state, in our region, in our country. One thing I think we learned from the uh, pandemic is that our kids that are growing up today, they're going to be competing with kids from around the world. So if you have kids from other countries that are working harder and getting educated better, because of the digital technology, the lack of the requirement to be at the place you work in, it's very easy that you could be applying for a job in this country and competing with someone who's applying for the same job in another country because they don't need to be here. They can telecommute. I'm sure everybody listening knows several people who still haven't returned to work yet. They're working from home. What does this mean going forward for our kids if they are not educated enough so that they can compete with and excel over students, graduates from other parts of the world? All right, so Good Shepherd Catholic Schools, great local thing. It's only five bucks. Buy their calendars. Stop by during school hours. Maybe you can win a free dinner or, or something else. It's every day they raffle something off. Good Shepherd Catholic School. All right, that's all I'm going to talk about on the education side. I want to talk a little bit more about um, what's going on on the lending side with mortgage interest rates. Okay, so mortgage interest rates, we said, uh, are almost at historic lows. Okay, they have been lower. But what does that mean? What do you mean, Joe, by almost at historic lows? Well, the historic average for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 8%. Okay, 8%. That is the historic average. We are now in the threes. Some folks are getting below 3%. Not many. So that's less than half. So if the interest rate went up to 4%, which is a point higher than where we are now in most instances, that would still be half of the historic average, half of the, half of the historic average for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So it's a great time to buy a home. That's why demand is so high, folks. People can afford to buy more home. People say, well, the houses are so expensive right now. Why would I want to buy now? I'm overpaying. Well, you're not overpaying because everybody else is willing to pay that. So that's what fair market value is. If fair market value is X and you're paying 20% more than X, now you're overpaying. Fair market value is determined by how much the consumers will pay for a product. Why is it that used cars right now 
are in some cases worth 30% more than they were a year ago. Because there's more demand. Why is there more demand? Because there's a chip shortage, so we don't have enough new cars to sell. Supply and demand. Same thing with houses. There are so many people that feel, yes, I will pay $390,000, $400,000 for this house, that house. That's what determines what the value is. And again, I want to point out that the last time we had this, we had a big run up in prices, it was driven by easy money, too much money that was available to buy the houses. People didn't have to prove that they were worthy, that they were reliable borrowers. So the banks were just throwing money around. Banks are not throwing money around. People are saying, yep, I would pay $450,000 for this house because I'm tired of spending $2,200, $2,500 in rent for something that's too small. And now my mortgage payment is going to be only $200 more than that. I'm, I'm just making up numbers, but that you get my point. Okay. So it's still a really good time to buy a home, which means it's a really good time to sell a home. Okay. Well, Joe, I don't have something that I could move into. Well, that's why you need to talk to a good realtor. And the Luca and Murano team, we know how to help you determine if it's a good time to sell your home. But you have to give us a call, 401-232-4300. Maybe it's not a good time to sell your home. Maybe you should just refinance, in which case we would have you call John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, 401-321-4401. Okay. And sometimes we have some folks that are moving away. You know, they say, you know what, we're tired of the cold winters. We want to move someplace warm. So we'll list their house, sell it, and then refer them to GMET's Moving and Storage, 401-383-6399. That's 401-383-6399. And we know they will take good care of them. Folks, you've been listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. This is the end of our allotted time. I want to thank you all for tuning in. We are here every Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock in the p.m. Thank you for, to our sponsors. And stay tuned because right now we have the old-time preaching ministry with Rick Mernier coming up right here on WNRI. WNRI Woonsocket.